welcome to Truvine Talks on this Saturday morning with Rachel and Linda. We're so glad you're here. And today we're going to talk about the big five personality traits and how they impact you and how they impact your relationships. So here we yeah. go. Let's dive in. What are the big five? Well, the first one is openness and openness for, um, you know, new experiences, openness to new culture and ideas. Um, and it just makes you experience the world a little different than someone who's more closed off. Yeah. Nice. And then, yeah. yeah. Do, do we want to just kind of like list all five and then go through each? I like it. We think that would be helpful. Cool. So we got openness, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Yeah. Can we start with neuroticism? Because I feel like people hear that and go, ooh, I don't want any of that. Sure. Do you feel like that word itself has like a negative context when people hear that? Yes. Yes. And that might be from, you know, just back in the 1930s and 40s when someone would say they're neurotic they yeah. associate it with a nervous breakdown or you know just things that are yeah. what society views as negative yeah i think people yeah. used to use that as a criticism don't be so neurotic like yeah but it's really not when we use it today in the big five, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It more or less refers to mental health and how you manage stress. Is that right? Yes. I mean, that's a vague explanation of it. We'll, dive, we'll go ahead and dive in. How would you define neuroticism in terms yeah. of the big five? So in my personality class at Marshall, wonderful bright students they are we're we're talking about the big five it's a big part of our classroom setting and you know we're talking about neuroticism as you know how much you experience anxiety um how you experience you know anger depression self-consciousness um mm. you know just experience it a little more than the average person yeah yeah. how difficult or easy it is for you to be vulnerable exactly yeah um when you hear someone say well they wear their heart on their sleeve well they're being open and vulnerable right. and that's a, is that necessarily negative no. i don't think so mm -mm. right we talk about how good that is for safe secure attachment oh yeah i pulled it up now that i can see it so yeah it's how 
how good you can feel about expressing that to someone. And if you can't be vulnerable, um, then you're not going to have any type of growth in your bond. I don't know where it went. I'm using my cheat sheet. Yeah, that's all right. I got mine up too. I actually took this test. There's like a free big five test you can take on the internet. And um, when it came to neuroticism, I was really high in self-consciousness and low in all the others. So self-conscious. Yeah. yeah. How did that make you feel that you're that you're self-conscious? Honestly, I think it was validating because it's something that I'm aware of and have, you know, been working on. Aw. Right. Yeah. I'm that type of person that gets social anxiety when I'm out. I'm like, am I walking weird? Is there something on my face? Is there something in my teeth? Like so yes, I am very highly self-conscious. That is an accurate result. Yeah. This is very much aware of myself especially in social settings. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. It, it, does it impact or affect your going and doing though? I don't think so. Just like my, I would say comfort level or stress level. You know, I, I'm kind of on the fence when it comes to like, am I more of an extrovert or am I more of an introvert because of the self-conscious factor? Because I enjoy being around people, but that drains me. And I'm not sure, like, is it draining because I'm just more of an introvert or is it draining because I'm worried about this, like all the self-conscious stuff while I'm out? And if that wasn't an issue, would I be more extroverted. Does that make sense? That makes great sense. Yes. Yeah. So it's always confused me. Yeah. You're very intuitive about yourself. That's makes you a great counselor. It's like, you Thanks. know, being in tune with those things that show up for you helps you be in tune with how you show up for other people. Yeah. So if you weren't self-conscious, you wouldn't you might not understand if someone was feeling insecure about something about themselves. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Thanks, Linda. Always pointing out the positives. I love it. Oh, <laughs> thank you. See, yeah. Tell Charlie I'm positive. person I know. <laughs> Well, you got to be real with your spouse about certain things, don't you? Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Can't always be super positive. Yeah. yeah. So, so if you experience feelings of um, positivity or, you know, you're out around friends and you, you fear that you got a booger in your nose or something, <laughs> it might cause uh, anxiety. Oh, yeah. So, um understanding how you feel and experience emotions is important and that would be fall under the category of neuroticism is that helpful i think so yeah yeah cool so we're thinking about how high or low are we in those things like anxiety anger depression self-consciousness yeah. yeah so that's neuroticism 
Some of the other ones you said openness. Yeah. Start out with openness. Yeah. And then I jumped around on us. You're all good. Cause this is all, you know, even though I'm teaching it, it's very, um, it's kind of like if I did learn it in college, I don't remember. So it's good to get re-familiarized. Did I say it correctly? Re-familiar with the, the theories. Yes. And I'm so glad you said that because I don't remember learning this in undergrad or master's. I don't know if I just never took a personality class, but we talked about Myers-Briggs and those sorts of things. The big five is so new to me. So I'm glad we're, we're talking about it because I'm going to guess a lot of other people haven't heard about it either no if we haven't right (laughs) I hadn't I hadn't heard about it so it's helpful to know what what these things mean so openness um how you know like I said in the beginning is like how open are you to new experiences well Rachel loves new experiences Mm -hmm. she's always traveling so she's got an openness to experience and that how might that help mental health when people are open Rachel um I think if you're you know when we're working on our mental health we're trying to change you know Mm -hmm. some aspect of our life right and so if you're open to experience you're going to be more willing to adapt and be flexible and try to change different aspects of your life You're not going to just stay confined to your comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Going to be more willing to step out onto that, that edge of your comfort zone. What is it we call that in EFT and that, that window of tolerance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And like, kind of like, you know, not so afraid to stand on the border, maybe take a step out. I think Doc Hawkins says the fray. Is he called? Oh, I I have never heard that, but I love it. In yeah. his Leading Edge podcast, I think they call it the fray. I love that. Let's live life on the fray. The edge. Mm. <laughs> function in the fray. Yeah, that, function in the fray. Like you said, that building that window of tolerance. Like you know, for Charlie, concerts are very um, stressful and socially anxious, evoking, and I have a level concerts for you too mm-hmm. there's a level of anxiety but the excitement and the mm-hmm. music and the people watching brings me so much joy that it overrides any social anxiety in the moment oh nice I wish that was the case for me <laughs> like, oh yeah loud where's the nearest exit <laughs> true true yeah um so I'm thinking if I could get on an airplane with some soulful music like a band i think i would be fine so i've got to find an airplane that offers entertainment to fly you're gonna have to fly like first class dubai air or something like that Um, there's a band i'm like grooving i'm not even knowing i'm in the air yeah private (laughs) private play with some dj on it (laughs) Met Jet I'm, with a band on there. Yeah. That's what, what you have to do. <laughs> I ain't got that kind of money, but I'm thinking that's, you know, and for Charlie, it was just very socially anxious for him. So his neuroticism overrode his openness, openness to experience. Wow. Makes sense. Yeah. 
But what did we do? We built some tolerance for the fray, the experience of anxious anxiousness. Yeah. Like not letting that, like from our previous podcast, right? Not letting that right. anxiety prevent you from expanding that window of tolerance, right? Stepping out of your comfort zone. And then you have that experience and it's an oh. overall positive one. And you kind of store that away in your memory. Your body will remember, I've done this before and it's safe. It's okay. Oh, yeah. And it's that's, and then when you experience the emote of joy, your body keeps that, like you said, keeps the score of what joy feels like, even with the anxiety. Yeah. So openness is vital for your mental health. Yeah. And don't you think it's important for us to be able to hold those contradicting emotions at the same time? Very well stated. Like I'm, I'm both anxious and joyful in this experience right now, you know, and I don't have to choose one over the other. I can be both. Life is so contradictory. Ain't that the truth? Yeah. Because COVID was contradictory. Most things I feel are. Yeah. It's that gray area. Right. So part of me was so joyful that everything was closed. Right. Time joyful for the time to slow down, Mm -hmm. to, you know, have more time in nature. Yes. More time with our loved ones. Sitting at the table and eating together. Yeah, I'm hearing I'm hearing that a lot from folks right now. It's like I ask because I'm doing my own social project. I'm like, nice. so did you? How'd you feel during COVID? Less stress, uh, more rest, weight loss, more active. Ah, oh, how do you feel now? Stressed, exhausted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what's different? Yeah, yeah. We're on our internal manager is overworking again. We're overfunctioning. Everyone's overfunctioning again, mm-hmm. which leads to parts of ourselves that's closed to openness. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. Cause openness to experience like, okay, how high or low would you rate yourself when it comes to imagination, being creative and artistic? Mm. expressing emotion, being adventurous, learning something new, challenging your worldview. Yeah. And I think the studies show the more open you are, the, uh, I think it's either you, you have a better mental health or you live longer. Wait, I know agreeableness is on Mm. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shall we go to agreeableness next? That one's a tongue twister for me. Agreeableness. There we go. Agreeableness. I'll tell you guys what the PowerPoint says. And if you want it, we can link the PowerPoint, of course, okay. in our comments. I'll figure out how to do that. Um, trust, morality, altruism, cooperation, modesty, 
and sympathy. So if we say someone's agreeable, we're essentially saying they're, um, they care a lot about how others experience them. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause I just, you know, acknowledged that I'm very self-conscious and I scored the highest in this one. <laughs> oh. This was my highest one. Yeah. So if someone says, Hey, Rachel, let's go to blah, blah, blah. And you, it's not something you really feel your, your inner person cares to do. What do you say? As long as I'm not going to hate the experience, if it's something I know I'm absolutely going to be miserable doing, I have yeah. no problem saying, nah, not for me. Thanks for the invite. But most of the time I'll be, I'm kind of that like up for anything kind of person. You know, everyone's listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you are my client, I cannot be up for anything outside. Of That's correct. your therapy appointment. exactly boundaries right yeah um so being agreeable um that also helps openness and fun experience because when you say yes all the time you you're going to have a lot more variety of experiences yeah i think that's makes sense too but my high like openness to experience so I was high in that one as well. Yeah. So what could be the problem with being agreeable all the time? It's harder to set boundaries. It's harder to say no. Hmm. Yeah. Right. You uh, trust people more than you should. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've worked on that one though. That was one of the lower ones in this, not low, low, but like it was in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. So when you trust people to a fault, what happens? You oh, you're just living life with those rose colored glasses, which I did for so long. Yeah. See, I thought Rachel. Yes. Linda did. Linda's like, mm-mm. Uh, <laughs> nah, <early>. girl. <laughs> early supervision yes i do she's like i don't know why these people are acting like this over here we won't say where and right. i said um <laughs> here's a book <laughs> it was, was it emotional vampires is that the book that was a good one yeah i had a wonderful person share that with me but this is 48 laws of power by robert Ooh. Yeah, that was a good one too. Oh, and then you like, oh my goodness, there's so many people playing games at, at work and in their, uh, yeah, and they're selfish. Yeah. People tend to be selfish and looking out for number one. And sometimes you might be the fallout guy for their agenda. And that's in, in, big big corporations this happens it Ugh. happens yeah and so Rachel got to go to the dark side she's yeah but you know what it taught me so much 
and now I can have empathy, you know, even more empathy, right? Because I understand what it's about, you know, and I understand, I, you know, my side too, so that I don't have to experience any transference anymore. You know, it's like I rank high in altruism and cooperation, you know, I, I, I want to do the right, good thing. Mm-hmm. I want to work together as a team. And when I see other people not doing that, it's so frustrating. And now I can understand why, and I can take a deep breath and I can acknowledge, you know, the fact that not everybody values what I do and that's okay. And then she can stay clear. Yes. And set those boundaries. Right. And not get so frustrated. Uh huh. Maintain my inner peace. Good job. Yeah, people are, people show you who they are, treat them accordingly. I think DMX said that. Nice. <laughs> I love rappers. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm knowledgeable. They are, man. You listen to they've been through it usually, you know. Oh, they're street yeah. smart. Mm-hmm. On point. Yeah. Wow. So agreeableness, how high or low would you rate yourself when it comes to trust, morality, altruism, cooperation, sympathy for others? Yeah. And so to be disagreeable, to just be contrary and disagreeable, um, well, the studies show your life is going to be shorter. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to live as long as the agreeable person. However, being disagreeable may get you more of what you want. You will go to your boss and say, I want to raise. You will be disagreeable when someone tells you anything. Like if they, you know, you're willing to argue your case and take a stand but you won't live as long. And in, in class, we talked about that. The reason you won't live as long is probably because you're evoking what hormones in the body when you're arguing. Cortisol. Yeah. Yeah. The less, well, I don't know. I was about to say the less agreeable you are, the more stress you're likely to feel, but I don't know if that's true because you can experience a whole lot of stress and be very agreeable. Because mm-hmm. you're being a pushover and a doormat for everybody, and that's stressful too, feeling taken advantage of. Yeah. So, how important is it to know? So, it's good balance. to be kind of in the middle. Yeah. So, you don't want to be too far on either side of any of these big five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, the more disagreeable you are, the less the less years you have on earth because of the amount of stress you experience by being argumentative all the time. Right. You don't want to like not be getting along with anyone. Some people do that on purpose to keep others away from them. Yeah. Guarded. Yeah. Avoidant personalities mm-hmm. <laughs> or chaotic attachment styles is gets angry and pushes people away. Yeah. 
Yeah. So being agreeable, uh, like Rachel said, it's positive. I'm happen to be very disagreeable. Um, we balance each other out. <laughs> we balance each other out. Um, I don't know why I told my sister on our hiking trip. I was like, sometimes I'm just contrary to be contrary. And she's like, what's that about? I'm like, I actually don't know exactly. Is it personality like a DNA thing? Cause I'm like, I don't know what, what's the point of being contrary? <laughs> I Maybe not wanting to be taken advantage of. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Cause I was always the smaller person generally in environments. So I guess maybe I was contrary to get defensive protector parts of self. Yeah. Being a little doubtful, being a little suspicious. What are your motives? You know? Yeah. yeah. Let me just be difficult on purpose. <laughs> Give people a hard time. They won't hurt you. Makes sense to me. Yeah. Good. Yeah. What's the next one? This is not beer, people. This is echinacea. <laughs> echinacea Bolden from Gaia for, you know, I'm advertising them. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's for the. Tell sinus. us what it's good for. Sinuses? Yeah, I'm, ha I'm doing Ooh. the echinacea supplement along with, you know, the antibiotics my doc has me on for a sinus infection and echinacea oh, tends to clear it up too. So I just that's awesome. It. Side yeah. note. Awesome. So we've done neuroticism, openness to experience, agreeableness. How about extroversion? Oh, yes. You want to talk about extroversion? Sure. This is kind of like your engagement with the world, right? Like whether you like to be social or whether you're more of a homebody. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. That's right. Kind of like your social activity level, so to speak. Yeah. You thrive off people, being around groups of people. Um, you like the attention. You like, you get a lot of oxytocin in the brain when you're around mm. lots of people. It's just very good for your mental health to be with people all the time. Extroverts love and thrive. Yeah. And I like to think of it as like, okay, your social battery, mm -hmm. right? We've all got a social battery. When you're around other people, does that charge your social battery or does it drain your social battery? If it charges you up, you're more extroverted. If it drains it, you're probably more introverted. Mm -hmm. Extroverts live longer too. Mm unless the studies have changed because what I have found is in class, we'll look something up on AI and AI will have the most latest updated statistics. Whereas the book oh, will that's have... neat. Well, I know think about using book... AI for that. Well, like Google oh, cool. and yeah. artificial intelligence, chat GT, those things. It's like, is this study still true? I don't know. There's always new um, experiments. So you have to, keep up with all of it. I don't know how you do that, but so the introvert, they, they thrive off what Rachel was saying, that being alone, recharging, reading a book, being alone, reading a book. 
I'm an introvert. Yeah. But I like people. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I'm kind of middle range here. I, I ranked really high in like cheerfulness and friendliness. My lowest was a big word I've never even heard of gregariousness, which means you enjoy the excitement of crowds. And we've already established I do not. So that's why it's low. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. You no. feel more safe when it's less um, people. Yeah. Is like smaller, what? intimate settings, friends mm -hmm. and family. We get strangers involved. I'm like, mm, I don't know. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling less comfortable here. I don't know you. Are you safe? <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. Ask those questions. Yeah. So extroversion, introversion. Um, neither is, I don't think, better than the other. Um, the, the extroverts tend to be more selfish. They don't, they're not as empathic um, towards people's needs. Really? Extroversion tends to be correlated with less empathy. That's well, interesting. Let me make sure because now, now that you say it in that way, I'm like, well, that's the way I read it. But you know, oh. let me make sure. I'm gonna use our nifty chat guy, chat GT or Google. I'm pretty sure that's accurate. And as I'm looking that up, you're gonna talk about okay, sure. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Teamwork. Yeah. Teamwork. So extroversion this is you know how high or low would you rank yourself on friendliness your um you know how much you like to be in crowds around big groups of people how assertive are you if you're more assertive you're mo more extroverted less assertive you're more introverted what's your activity level as far as social like do you like to hang out with people every night? Do you like to do social things every weekend? Or would you rather be home, reading a book, watching a little Netflix? Mm -hmm. uh, how excitement seeking are you? Do you like to do things that are exciting, like going to a concert? And how cheerful are you? So the higher you would rate yourself on all of those, the more extroverted you are. Yeah, I did Google it and it, it appears you guys can fact check me. Feel free to do so. Yes, extroverts are less empathic to other people's needs. That is so interesting. I believe you. I would not have come to that. Like, I wouldn't have made that assumption. So it's always good to look at the data, huh? Yeah, because the, they're very much about being gregarious and socially interacting whereas the introverts the wallflower kind of observing and wondering how people are doing hypersensitive uh, true and that's another reason why i don't like big crowds i'm like is everyone having a good time <laughs> what do they need <laughs> yeah we're sad what can i do <laughs> this is like right or if i'm around other people that are like anxious I'm just like, absor like, as a highly sensitive person, just absorbing it all. Mm, taking it in. Yeah. yeah. 
and you can't not notice. That's what people don't understand about introverts. You can't not notice. Mm -mm. Yeah. Or hypersensitive types. Right. I'm like this couple over here. They're trying to have a good time. Mm. I can tell they just had a fight on the way here. Right. <laughs> they didn't tell anybody, but I just know there's just some know awkward it. tension over there. Right. Yeah. That's what makes you a good counselor. Thanks. The best. Yeah, so that's okay. extroversion. Yeah, we did extroversion. What's our next one? Conscientiousness. I think that's yeah. the fifth, last one. Conscientiousness. Yeah, this one's hard to say. A lot of big words in here. Yeah, and this is, you know, you like order, you like organization. <laughs> I just threw my hands up and pumped my fists. This is me. <laughs> this is you, Rachel. <laughs> She's so organized and, you know, conscientious about, you know, doing the right thing and just being punctual and just mindful and organized, caring about how what you're doing is impacting others. There's a lot of self-efficacy and mm -hmm. conscientious people, I think, have more stress. <laughs> right? I think highly conscientious people are highly conscientious. This is just me. It's a way to control and regulate and yes. redirect through organizing. Does that well, make sense? Yeah, because if you can control the environment, it helps ease and soothe the need for less chaos and more mm -hmm. social and mental organization yeah. inside. Yeah, because uh, I would say me, this was just as high as a, agreeableness. These were like equal on my test. And I would, I would say reading the results right now, like this is how I regulate. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very good in, you know, your professional life to be conscientious. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like self-discipline and orderliness. Like yeah. that's, yeah. You're self-motivated and self, self-driven and that, that makes you um, dependable and reliable. And that's a great quality to have. And yeah. if you are conscientiousness is, is high. It's a tough one to say. Go play. Like yes. <laughs> that's why I gotta have a lot of adventure in my life. Because <laughs> if I didn't, then I would have a high neuroticism score. I think if I didn't have the balance of conscientiousness with that openness. Boom. Look at us figuring this out. I'm so glad I took this test. But I've never known. Yeah, I took the personality test. I'm an advocate. Most counselors are advocates. And, you know, I know where I'm at on the five factor, but I'm going to take the test too. I didn't yeah. see any that were free. She found one that was free. This is free. It's a legit site. You can print off your results if you want. I'll link it with our podcast. Nice. So our last few minutes, 
we just want to talk about how do these factors impact your core bond or your relationship? Yes. Well, if you're both disagreeable. (laughs) Oh, you can have a lot of conflict. Yes. Yes. Yeah. If one person's very disagreeable and the other person's very agreeable, that agreeable person probably not not going to get their needs met because they're not going to be communicating them. They're just going to be putting them aside to make sure they don't upset the other person. And that builds resentment. Mm-hmm. And resentment is one of the causes of divorce. Yeah. Is that one of the four horsemen? I think so. Gottman. do that one. We Ooh, do yeah. a podcast on Gottman stuff. Yeah. Good too. So if you're conscientious though, and your partner's sort of um, less conscientious, that might, you know, create mm-hmm. some conflict as well. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking of values as well, because I'm seeing a correlation between what I'm high in and what I personally value. Mm. If I value conscientiousness and my partner doesn't, I'm going to probably constantly feel like they don't care. So these five factors can impact you personally and in your mental health, and they can impact your relationships. And it'd probably be helpful if you're listening to go take the test. Yeah. yeah. See what you are. It's mm-hmm. a good way to, for, of like self-reflection, right? So for me, I'm like, maybe I need to keep working on, on my agreeableness. You know, maybe I need to check in and see if that's getting in my own way in some area of my life. Good point. And I need to figure out how come I'm so contrary and disagree? (laughs) (laughs) What is that about? (laughs) Yeah, that's getting in the way of me being more extroverted. Uh, And extroverts live longer and I'd like to live to 85. Oh, yeah. Or, Or longer. That'd be even cooler. Yeah. So... So this was just a fun podcast for Rachel and I to kind of, you know, reflect and share on the big five factors in your personality. And we hope you enjoyed it. And we look forward to doing a podcast again in two weeks or so. How's that sound? I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. Hope everyone enjoyed the topic of big five. I know I did. Me too. Yeah. Well, till next time. Bye.